Inside the halls of American hospitals, millions of people find comfort, healing, and support. But for many doctors and nurses, this couldn't be further from the truth. This podcast will dive into the shadows of American healthcare to investigate and uncover the abuse, control, and political power plays that leave the very people responsible for our nation's health broken and battered. We're sharing stories of professionals in medicine that have experienced horrendous treatment at the hands of a broken system that does nothing to stop the trauma. As the Association of American Medical Colleges states, long before the Me Too movement, women in medicine have instinctively banded together to counter a culture that too often tolerated harassment. From systemic trauma to abusive power to the unspoken rules of cover-ups and corruption, Mandy Irby and Phoebe will take you to the darkest corners of healthcare in America so you can have an inside look at bringing humanity back to medicine. Sensitive content warning. This podcast will share details of triggering subjects such as sexual assault and workplace violence. So if you aren't in a space to listen, respect your mental health and tune in again at another time. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pulse Check Podcast. I'm Hehe. I'm Mandy. And today we are diving into the implications that I think many of us probably predicted, but now we're actually seeing it play out in real time of the recent overturning of Roe versus Wade. We are seeing medical providers not being able to give appropriate life-saving care in timely fashions because they're waiting on the courts. They're waiting on approval from lawyers. They're waiting on approval from someone who needs to give them approval when really their patient is literally dying in the bed before them. Today, we're going to be talking about just a couple recent news articles, stories that have hit the news. One of them is a young child who has had an abortion in Ohio. One of them is a mother-daughter duo who recently was turned into the police via Facebook Messenger, and they are now facing felony charges. Mandy, what in the world is going on in our country right now? Dude, shit is hitting the fan. So I want to share with you one of my favorite places to get repro rights news up to date. It's hilarious. It is so, so good. But first, if you're on the YouTube video, you you already know my favorite place. But let's, so the question that was raised around what are we going to talk about with Roe v. Wade being overturned, let's focus on like one specific aspect. How is this affecting the medical professionals? Because we talk about in the halls of healthcare on this podcast and medical professionals are getting hit really, really hard. Not to say that it is not affecting every single individual in the United States right now on a deeply personal and physical level. The people providing perinatal health care, reproductive health care, one of the stories that is out right now, very timely, is the physician who actually one of the episodes he and I just recorded was a lot about residency. And this physician leads residents and is an educator, Dr. Caitlin Bernard. Dr. Caitlin Bernard performed the, you know, medical care that she was asked to perform after she has like zero record. She has a clean record of being a great provider. We know nothing else. 
and young person, a 10 year old came to her and asked for an abortion. There is more to the story that doesn't even matter. Someone asked for medical care from Dr. Bernard. Dr. Bernard went through all of the necessary steps, all of the necessary reporting and provided that medical care. And that relationship, that information is between Dr. Bernard and her patient. Dr. Bernard is in Indiana and Dr. Bernard is now suing the Indiana Attorney General, Todd Rokita. Yeah, I know. Did you hear about that? So Rokita made inflammatory remarks that were unsubstantiated and said the doctor was the target of attacks from pundits, political leaders on national television, including Indiana's attorney general. Rokita went on national television and threatened Dr. Caitlin Bernard, who had performed the procedure. And since then, there has been legislation passed where now Bernard is unable to perform abortion procedures. So she performed a procedure he suggested without evidence that she failed to properly report the abortion and indicated he would seek to revoke her medical license. What he said was not true. And it was easily reported on after that by plenty of reporters who said, "Mm, no, there's no evidence to say that it wasn't properly reported. She did all of the right things, all the necessary things. He just went on TV and said she didn't. And at this point, he's risking her life. He's risking her career. He's now risking the residents who are learning from and working with Dr. Bernard. They are now questioning, like, is this a safe Uh, job? Is this a safe role in medicine? She has 24-7 security. She has a lawyer and she has sent some sort of, you have to like send in a declaration if you're going to sue an elected official. And she has done that for defamation, which is exactly what he did. So it was kind of the consequence of speaking out about doing the right thing and performing medical care. And he didn't like that she did that. And so he used his platform for defamation and put her and her family at risk. So, so that's happening. That's scary stuff. It it reminds me of how the doctor in Texas, this was like, like almost the same exact time as Roe versus Wade was turned over. And the doctor in Texas that performed an abortion and then the Uber driver turned them in. And now the doctor in Texas is in trouble. I don't know if if they, it was just a hefty fine or if it, you know, is going to impact their career. Yeah, that's this one is- of those, I ain't getting paid enough for this shit type. Exactly. Anytime that you turn citizens against other citizens like that, especially when it comes to healthcare, it's just, that's medieval. <laughs> it is. Well, it's exactly what it, it's meant to is do. Is the it's plan. Meant- Yeah. It's meant to turn everyone against each other. It's meant to be worse for communities of color Mm -hmm. or indigenous communities. And yeah, I'm reading, I'm getting distracted over here, but the, there is a residency program director, Dr. Scott in Indiana. And she was quoted in that same article of her scope has changed so much beyond taking care of patients. It's like just taking care of patients is hard enough. Jen Atkinson talks about this a lot in like the legal ramifications and the charting responsibility of nurses, how to chart and advocate for your patient at the same time and stay safe and like keep your license, which is always 
threatened, threatened. That's the word that I meant to say earlier that Dr. Bernard is threatened for doing her job because someone in a, in political power just didn't like it. They're using their platform to threaten her. So yeah, licenses are often threatened without substantive evidence. So it's very, very common for nurses to hear if they do X, Y, and Z, they'll lose their license. X, Y, and Z, someone will just take their license. They'll be reported to their board. And that is scary because that is how you practice nursing. And that's your livelihood. That's your job. That's your passion. Your scope of practice is questioned a lot and kind of like put to the test, not just you have to figure out what is within your scope and be sure that you're working within your scope, but it's used against you. It's like weaponized against you often without really any evidence and OBs, especially, but physicians, midwives studies are different or coming up with different responses for what are nurses afraid of, what are nurses injured by when discussing like moral injury and trauma in their workplace, nurses are affected differently than physicians and midwives and the primary providers when they're worried about a legal ramifications. They're worried about a case going to court. They're worried about not having done the right thing or making a bad call and their case going to court. They pay insurance, like hefty, hefty, hefty insurance with their license and the ability to practice. Our medical care is already affected by these other factors that physicians, primary providers are thinking of in the back of their head. Like, what's my insurance going to say if this comes out? Am I allowed to do this? Like, are they prioritizing patient autonomy, patient choice, centering the patient? No, they're not often because that's not how the system is. But that's what we're often talking about. Please prioritize the patient's choice. Let's talk about autonomy. Let's talk about informed choice. And there's so many other factors that go into it. And so our care is affected consciously or unconsciously by these other factors that physicians and primary providers are balancing. And now there's this additional factor inside of perinatal healthcare of, will my front office manager report me for providing this care? That's scary to think about that the people on your unit who are, you know, and I know this, you know this, a lot of our listeners know this, it's not always like this, but supposed to be the people who have your back, take care of you, watch out for you, you know, are your fellow teammates. It's really hard and toxic and not sustainable and detrimental to your mental, emotional, physical health to think that those people also might be out to get you or going to turn you in or going to get you in trouble for something that is within your scope of practice. Right. Exactly. So Scott was this residency program director and they interviewed her and she was like, yeah, I have to talk about mental health services to my residents, which Dr. Scott should have probably been on the menu the whole time. Like Mm -hmm. what a great opportunity to talk about residency, physician, mental health services. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. We should be doing that Mm -hmm. and normalizing that, but they are scared and they are seeing Dr. Bernard get threats regularly Mm. to probably her home, probably her family, probably her email. We know how this goes. We're on TikTok, right? One 
creator puts someone under the bus yeah. and they get death threats immediately to like every home they ever lived in across the country. They get letters and things like that. So the meetings with the residents are including political updates, which is bullshit. It's bullshit. You think your doctor wasn't distracted by all the other things that they were balancing before you, before this came along. Now it's hard to know what your true options are because your doctor, your provider, your nurses, everyone might just be giving information that they feel safe doing, not really all of your options. You just don't know because they may not be able to say, well, I can counsel you on this. They may not be able to feel like they can counsel you on those options because they may fall into the gray area of, is this an abortion? Are we ending a pregnancy that isn't risking life or limb? Like all of these little definitions that are happening in court don't make much sense when it comes to actually providing medical care because they don't, that's, that's multiple humans making these, you know, talking and discussing about this medical decision that is so nuanced that it could never be explained in the court and blanketed for everyone. There's so many nuanced situations that are going on that now doctors have to decide for themselves if they're willing to take that legal risk. What also really takes out the like art of medicine, right? It takes away the art part, like that individualized care of one provider caring for one patient and making a plan with that person based on what is being presented at that time is the art of medicine. When you then have to start looking at what's presented to you in the moment, having that provider in that patient make a care plan and then you have to go check with the laws and then you have to go check with the judge and then you have to wait for this clearance you're taking away the art of medicine and you're killing people like people are dying and we have the solution at our fingertips but we're waiting on quote-unquote permission from politics from the white house from people who are in suits at desk all day long not in medicine not having been through medical school not having seen the front lines of truly what is happening when we restrict reproductive rights and care from people there's your big disconnect people who have no business making the rules are making the rules and people are dying because of it yeah it's really scary that physicians are in this Physicians and abortion medicine providers. So midwives, these are procedures and prescriptions that can even happen outside of a medical office. They happen outside of the hospital, though they're written by folks that can write prescriptions, but it's not always doctors. I was reading about what's happening in my state in Virginia. There was two weeks in June where the Center for Reproductive Rights, Planned Parenthood Federation, law firm were fighting these restrictive laws, unconstitutional laws. They were criminalizing certain abortion care, regulating abortion providers. And when you regulate providers outside beyond their scope of practice, like you were saying, things are going to go poorly. Um, for providers and for patients and politicians are confused, but they're not confused about what they're doing. They're, they're making it murky. They're taking away fundamental rights. They're doing it on purpose. They're doing systemically. This is all planned, but the care is going to suffer. The laws that they're challenging include licensing statute and regulations, imposing requirements on clinics and doctor's offices that don't have requirements like this for other procedures, 
second trimester hospital requirement, physician only law. And like I was just saying, physicians are not the only ones that provide abortion health care. Two trip mandatory delay law. Do you have that in your state? He <laughs> he. Oh, God. I don't think so. Yeah. You have to go two times. Now, if this isn't forced birth already, it feels like it already is. I mean, the that law- is gaslighting to the max. Like, oh, you're here. We're not going to do it. You have to go home and think about your options and then come back if you still want it. And you're like, no, I came today prepared to have this done. The fucking choice. Right. It's the the choice is made. The decision is made. We're here to have this done. It's not just that they have to do an ultrasound. Yeah. And so, so what's going on? So off, off of this specific topic, criminalization laws also in conjunction with other laws, the statutes treat abortion as a crime instead of a common safe legal medical procedure. Okay. So those are the five things that they were fighting and we're waiting on the decision about in Virginia which is just, you know, it's not just us saying that care is negatively affected by these. The physicians themselves and the providers themselves are like, no, 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 no. This is not safe care. We cannot be the ones to make these decisions. We have a scope of practice. This is well within our scope of practice. This is well within safe medical care. This is healthcare. This is what we do. You can't just say, go do everything you do except this, but only on Tuesdays. And then you know, we might take it away, but we're not going to really announce it. So your neighbor could call the police on you or Facebook. And yeah, the, everything they do is supposed to be very transparent. It's supposed to be like on the table, documented. And now they're like, people are going to find out. I document everything I do. It's going to be, it's going to be bad. Two trip mandatory delay law. What was I going to say about that? What? It's confusing is these religious like culty factions it's come it's big like i don't have the language for it i don't know enough to talk about it specifically a whole podcast episode if you're listening and you're like mandy's got it all wrong i need to come and talk about that please do please come talk to us about this otherwise we're just like doing our own research and reading and you're just at our mercy we're going to give you all the links so you can also read up but if you know more please tell me my mind is so messy when I think about it. Cause I'm like, Oh, these churches don't pay taxes. And now here they are like making decisions and fucking it all up. They, the churches, whatever they are, these fractiony little culty things have pregnancy centers. Do you have those? Oh yeah. We have them down South where yeah. I'm from in Mississippi, right. Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana. I would bet. I don't think I can look into it. I don't think the ultrasound that you get at this, like, keep your baby, but we're not going to help you. We're not going to support you. We're going to like shame you, gaslight you and disrespect you at these pregnancy centers. I think they'll give you pregnancy tests and ultrasounds, but I don't think it counts as the two day delay or two trip delay law where then if you're like, well, I wanted the abortion medicine. Like, I thought I could go home with a prescription. They're like, oh, no, 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 we don't do that. Nor do we recommend any place where you can go get that. But we can talk to you about adoption or we can talk to you about these other things that you didn't come in for. It's like, do you want a puppy? Oh, you don't want your pregnancy, but we have ice cream. Like, this does not have anything to do with what I came here for. Came here for abortion health care. I want health care. They are not health care. They are an ultrasound location with pregnancy tests and pamphlets. And you go and they're like, we're a pregnancy center. Come if you're pregnant, get all the things you need. They're tricky. 
because then I think you have to go in Virginia, you have to go get an ultrasound from a clinic, leave, come back and either get the pills, your prescription or your procedure. Tricky. That is insane. It's tricky. It's, it's intentional though, right? It's literally just by design. It's by design. They, they, the, we have billboards in our town and I'm like, that's not what that looks like. And it's like a person with a pregnancy and it's like, are you scared? Are you like all of these like weird emotion things that they tag it with? We can help you. Not sure about making these hard choices. We can help you. And it's hard. I mean, I went in there and I like sniffed it out and figured it out, but you kind of have to do some digging to ask around. And I know there are people who go in there and they're like, this is not what I thought this was. Well, it feels illegal, right? That they're able to advertise themselves as someone that will help you, but they have a very clear bias and agenda to keep you, to get you to keep that baby. Right. That is their goal. They are not actually there to help you make medical decisions or get adequate medical care or even help you understand what your rights and options are. They have one goal and it is that you do not abort that baby. Right. So then the distrust begins because they say that they are a pregnancy center. They imply that they can do all the things that you just mentioned. So then when someone does go in, they don't know who they can trust. They go to an actual clinic and they're like, I don't know if I want to give you all the information because I just got burned at this other place that I thought was going to help me. How about you tell me what you do and I'll tell you what I need. How do we know? Plus the big brother aspect of cancel your period tracker apps, cancel your meta Facebook messaging. What else are they going to be able to access? It's really hard to keep up with all of the information that is changing. That was the whole point. And if you find yourself paying positive on a stick and you really want to know what your true options are in your location, that could be changing and your options dwindle the longer it takes for you to get all the information that you need and make the decision that's best for you. My favorite place right now is abortion access front. The link will be in the description, whether you're watching the video or listening to a podcast, they have, they have a podcast. It's freaking hilarious feminist buzzkills. They have a YouTube channel. They do videos. They do podcasts. It's hilarious. It's like many, many people on the podcast giving up to the minute information, talking about all the legislation going on in the country. So you're going to hear about your state. You're going to hear about your sister's state. You're going to hear about your cousin's state. And it's hilarious. It's like truly a place where you're like, oh my gosh, these people they get it. And there's so many people in the country, like working to help protect reproductive rights. And I'm safe here, right? Like I can actually ask questions, get information. So what kills me is that we've now been catapulted into this time where no one used to have to worry about this because access to abortion was pretty readily available. Obviously there were some States that were more restrictive, but for the most part, you had access if you needed it. And now it's not like that. We don't have that readily available access. And even if you do go searching and you start looking for medical care that you need, you know, you risk in the providers that you are being seen by risk, all sorts of 
things, jail time, big fines, you know, being being brought to court. So it's a really scary time. I wanted to share two of my favorite resources. So one is three for freedom. So you're going to spell out the word three and then for freedom.com. You can access birth control, emergency contraceptive and medication abortion pills on that site, as well as Hey Favor, F-A-V-O-R.com. Again, birth control, emergency contraceptive, things like that. So these are both mail-in order sites where you don't have to live in a quote unquote legal state to be able to access proper reproductive support. Both of them are run by medical providers so that you can, you know, you can trust that you're getting quality care and that you're safe using these these websites. So we'll link all of those down below for you. Cool. Thanks. There's also a really cool activist calendar that I've been doubling in at the bottom of the abortion access front webpage. And it has like multiple things every single day for activist events. And I signed up for their training that they're having. Almost everything is free or it's a fundraising event. So this shit is so good. I was also reading about the investigation that you had mentioned about the mother and daughter in Nebraska. So sad. I mean, it's just so sad that a parent is not able to, you know, properly support their child without fear of, you know, a felony, a felony charge. I mean, that a felony charge will fuck your life up. That follows you forever. Ever. And people are being slapped with felony charges for getting their children health care. Does no one see the problem is that? <laughs> Facebook says that they delivered the information requested in a search warrant in mm. the discussions between the mother and the daughter. And the company said it gave investigators information about 88% of the 59,996 requests when the government requested data in the second half of last year. 60,000 times the government requested data. So 60,000 cases. Facebook was given search warrants 88% of the time they give it up. And that is, Facebook says it will fight back against requests that it thinks are invalid or too broad. So it is Facebook's decision whether they give your information, give your history of messages to the court system and National Advocates for Pregnant Women cites 1,331 arrests or detentions for women or um, folks with the capacity of pregnancy related to their pregnancy from 2006 to 2020, 1,331. So while it may have been accessible, it's still criminalized at some point in many states. What they're talking about in Nebraska is is the person was 24 weeks pregnant. So I'm not sure who reported them or how they got reported or how this case even came about. It was not Facebook. Facebook complied with a search warrant, but added to the list of shit we should be discussing. Yeah. Like Facebook ain't protecting you. They are not interested in protecting you. And if you think that your stuff on Facebook is safe, uh, called a private message. Yeah. Not yeah. a fact, not true. It ain't private. You That's better do some real deep soul searching because, yeah. 
but go to some of the places if you have additional places that you are getting your information from like hey how are you mm -hmm. all talking to each other that is secure and private we will share that let us know you can add a comment to the youtube video or send us a direct message on instagram pulsecheck.podcast what else we got we got any glimmers of uh any oh. any takeaways we're, <laughs> we're feeling a little like oh shit <laughs> well here we go it is an <laughs> ongoing discussion that we're here for <laughs> he he and i will continue to actively try to get information to discuss we are not the creators of information like all of the links that we have have the information we're just part of the discussion i think it's yeah. really important and we want to hear from you what are you hearing what's going on in your state how has it affected you so the recent news about Roe versus Wade being overturned may have been a really heavy shock to many of us, but I find it really comforting to know that there are still resources that we can still take control of our reproductive health. You can still access medication and medical support for the things that you know that you need to keep yourself safe and or keep your life going in a trajectory that you want it to because that is your human right. <laughs> Mandy, thanks so much for bringing this conversation to the table. Today was an awesome conversation. I feel really good when we're able to give people resources that otherwise might be hidden out there on the big wide web of social media. For our listeners, we will see you next time. Bye y'all. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. We wanted to leave you with a quick stat and something to think about until we see you next time. According to a 2018 report from the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine, the prevalence of sexual harassment in academic medicine is almost double that of other science and engineering specialties. This presents a serious danger that ripples into patient safety, clinical outcomes, and burnout, which leads to costly loss of talent. How much safer could medicine be if nurses and physicians weren't also battling sexual harassment day in and day out? If you or anyone you know has a story to share, please contact us on Instagram at pulsecheck.podcast. We'd love to share your story.